Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome back to another Second Down Podcast. It is your hostess with the mostest, Ethan Schultz, joined here by his great co-host and the best social media manager in the world, Jordan Jeffrey Epp. Jordan, tell me how you're doing today. I'm doing all right. I'm in a bit of a hurry. We're recording this on a Wednesday because I was absolutely swamped yesterday, and I'm kind of swamped again today, so we're going to try and get this thing done. Uh, We're always going to put out content for you. We're trying to make this a regular thing, and so we are getting this out into the world for you guys to listen to, and you know what? I'm I'm just happy to be able to make content again, and also I want to say thank you guys for uh, getting as many listens as you did on the last episode because it was our fourth most listened to episode. That's what's up. Which I'll take any day of the week. Let's make this one the most listened to. Yep. Probably won't be, but oh well. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So starting off with everyone's favorite segment, Player of the Week. Player of the Week this year for Major League Baseball is Cole Calhoun. This week. You said this year. Did I say this year? This year. Well, he wins it for the year, too. You know what? Player of the Year. Player of the Year. I'm just kidding. Just kidding. You are nowhere near Player of the Year. But you had a great week. 458, 11 for 24, 7 runs, 6 home runs, 12 RBIs, 1.881 OPS. Hell of a week for Cole Calhoun. He his he put up numbers, but his team did not. Going 3 for 3 this week. Um, you know, a pretty average week for the Arizona Diamondbacks, who are still trying to fight for that wild card. But, um, yeah, overall, great from Cole Calhoun. Let's move on to the NBA. NBA, the award for player of the week goes to Anthony Davis, taking his first player of the week. He put averages of 34 points, 9.5 rebounds, and 3 assists on really good shooting splits, almost 50-40-90, and they went 2-0 and during the week. Uh, just for a reference, this is involving the days of 9-15 through 9-21, so this does not include the game last night. Because last night he put up one rebound and they lost. This is the this is the two games before that against the Nuggets, including a game winner against the Nuggets, where he hit a three in order to win game two. So even though he had a terrible performance last night, other than you know scoring wise, this does go to him because of what he did in the other two games. Now for the NFL Player of the Week, we have our first ever repeat winner. Repeat winner, ladies and gentlemen. This is our second week of the NFL Player of the Week, and we already have our repeat player. It's Russell Wilson. Of course. Russell Wilson played on Monday Night Football against the New England Patriots. It was an amazing game, honestly. Um, It came down right to the wire. Cam Newton had a game potentially winning play at the end where he came up short, but Russell Wilson showed out the entire game. Read off what he did. Five touchdowns, one pick, 132.1 QBR, 21 for 28, 288 pass yards. Ladies and gentlemen, he is already leading in the MVP um, uh, race in both me and Jeff's opinion, and he is showing no signs of slowing down. This Seahawks offense is something to be scared of. Now, currently, Russell Wilson on the season only has nine touchdowns. Sorry, I say only has only nine. Has he has nine. nine touchdowns in two games, only has 11 incompletions. He has almost as many touchdowns as incompletions. That's what's insane. crazy is the Seattle Seahawks, uh, we'll probably get to the game in a bit, but what's crazy about the Seattle Seahawks offense right now is that they've always been run-oriented. They've been let Chris Carson eat first and then let Russ cook off of that. And this year, I don't know what happened, 
But I guess they finally woke up to what the modern NFL is and said, hey, let's let Russ cook and let Carson eat after. And now that's exactly what they're doing. Or let Carson eat while uh, Russ is cooking. Because in, the, in week one, Carson had two touchdown compl- uh, uh, catches, mm-hmm. re- receptions. So I think he, Did he have one this week too? Um, I could be wrong. I think he had a rush. No. You I know what? They he, didn't have a single uh, rushing touchdown. Yeah. So he might have had a touchdown this week. I know I lost in fantasy, which really bummed me out. Um, but overall, that Seahawks team is something to be scared of. But we will get into that eventually. We have some quick NBA playoffs and a couple contracts, and then we'll jump into the this week's NFL games and maybe previewing a couple of the, our upcoming games. But let's jump into the NBA playoffs. Jordan, tell us all about it. Okay, so, so far in the NBA playoffs, it has been absolutely so much fun. And what we are looking at right now is we have Game 3 completed for both conference finals. They are 2-1 and one in favor of the LA Lakers over the Denver Nuggets and 2-1 and one in favor of the Miami Heat over the Boston Celtics. The Boston Celtics and Miami Heat play tonight, which is Wednesday night on September the 23rd. And I saw this one statistic that said the Celtics have led 75% of the minutes across the three games, wow. but are down 2-1. Wow. Gordon Hayward came back last game, and it felt like he was making a difference. He was another playmaker. He was another shot creator. He was another just wing player for the Celtics to help create more offense for them. Felt like that was very important to them, and that's what helped them win their first game against this Miami Heat team. That's very, very good. And I don't know if that means it's a sign of tides turning, but what do you think about the Celtics Heat series so far? Um, I love it. Uh, uh, I love the series so far. Um, even though the Celtics have led the most, um, most uh, all these minutes, the Heat have just kept coming back every single game, always coming up in the fourth quarter as they have this entire playoffs. I still like the Heat, and I like the Heat in six. I know I said Heat in five last week, but I'm going to say Heat in six um, this week um, because I think they win tonight, and then they'll win one of their next two games. So the Heat have been absolutely surprising everybody, I think, because, I mean, there was a lot of people who expected them to perform well. They were a very common pick for a dark horse candidate for the NBA Finals. But I think they're exceeding pretty much everybody's expectations unless you live in Miami-Dade County or whatever. Exactly. So the Heat have been very, very good. Um, They have probably been the most clutch team throughout the NBA playoffs. And by that, I mean that they've been able to dominate the fourth quarter in most of the games that they've been playing in. They've been very good down the stretch, and that could honestly be the most important part about this team. And it's going to be scary to see them run it back next year because if they can add like one more piece to this team, it might be really, really good for them. Oh, yeah. Now, for the L.A. Lakers versus uh, Denver Nuggets series... The LA Lakers went up early 2-0, and it looked like the series was over. Yep. But once again, we counted out the Nuggets. And then the Nuggets came out last night, and they beat the Lakers. They were ahead by as much as 20, and Jamal Murray was hitting absolute daggers throughout the game. He was dominating. Nikola Jokic looked amazing as well. Anthony Davis struggled um, like overall a little bit. LeBron looked good. But the difference maker for the Nuggets in this game was Jeremy Grant came out and had a playoff career high of 20-something, I believe 21 points. And 
he's already dominant on the defensive end, but he came out and showed out on offense, and that's going to do a lot for the Nuggets. So what do you think about the series so far? Um, I am so happy that Denver got this one win because I know um, once it got to 3-0, it was going to be over. There was no, absolutely no way, and everybody could have a valid opinion for counting out the Denver Nuggets. But the Nuggets got that one win, and that one win is all they need for the momentum going forward in this series. Um, Look for this upcoming game tomorrow to be very hard fought. Lakers might go up 3-1. Nuggets might tie it up 2-2. But I expect this series to go to 6 or 7. Even though it was so lopsided um, in the first two games, this past game that the Denver Nuggets played shows how, um, how well they can match up with these Lakers and give them a run for their money. So I think the series is going to be a little bit more than we expected, especially because in Game 2, as I mentioned, Anthony Davis hit a game winner. So the Nuggets almost won that game. If AD, who obviously he's a good three-point shooter, mm-hmm. but he's not you know, something spectacular, he's probably the player you want to take that shot if you're the Nuggets. Yeah. So they were in a really good position to win Game 2. They can really, really make this – they, they can make this a series. And if somehow they can upset the Lakers, a Nuggets Heat, which is what I think we're agreeing it would be if they were to upset, because I think we both think the Heat are going to win at this point. Um, If the Nuggets and the Heat play, that would be a bit of a surprise, I think, for everybody. Everybody. Because they were not the favorites in either conference. And what do you think that would do for, like, the championship as a whole? Because I know people already wanted to throw asterisks on this championship before the series starts. Do you think... In your opinion, do you think this implicates asterisks, Ab- or do you think it's just a normal competition that just still happened to have an unexpected outcome? Absolutely no asterisks at all. Um, I, I, both teams played the right amount of games to get to the NBA uh, playoffs. They both won respectively in their um, competitions, and they both got to, this, uh, to the finals fair and square if they do get there. Um, there's absolutely no asterisks on the season, in my opinion, um, and I would really, really, really love to see a Denver, um, Miami NBA finals. I think that would just be funny because I, I, I couldn't name a single person who expected the nuggets to come out of the West. Uh, I know a couple people who were saying the heat, um, cause they are, were of course the dark horse because of how well they match up against the bucks and, um, they match up well against the Celtics. So I know a couple people who said, um, who said the heat, but I knew nobody who even expected the nuggets, um, to make it to the finals, especially when they were down three, one against the jazz. So, um, I think it would just be, um, more of a comedic, like, wow, who would have thought like, look at us NBA finals, um, with absolutely no asterisks. So at this point we do this every single episode. Who are you taking to win the finals at this point? <laughs> I am keeping my same prediction as last week. It's going to be Heat-Lakers, and I'm going to take Lakers in six. I think I'd probably be about in the same boat as you. A Lakers-Heat final would be absolutely so much fun to watch because of matchups. Because I think the two teams would match up very well against one another. I think it'd be a very hard-fought series. So if the if the Heat win... I mean, if the... If the Lakers win against the Nuggets, I think the Heat put up the best fight against them rather than the Celtics, Yep, in my opinion. 
So now let's move on. We got one little quick thing to talk about as far as contracts go. Robert Woods, good old Bobby Forrest from <laughs> the L.A. Rams gets a contract extension. Uh, the Rams just loves throwing around money. That's oh, yeah. all I know. They just toss money around like it's nothing. Hey, but they are off to a great start on this season. See, when they beat the Cowboys, I was like, they looked good, but I felt like the Cowboys looked bad. And then they go and play the Eagles, and they smack them. Yes. I think the Rams are better than we expected. I think last year was just a bad season, yeah. and it looks like they might be back to the Rams that they may have used to been. Yep. And that's going to make that NFC West conference Amazing. scary. Amazing. I cannot wait. I'm sure we're going to talk about this more. Let's finish um, talking about Robert Woods, who is the number two wide receiver on that team. Um, behind Cooper Cup. Cooper Cup just got paid, what, like a, a week ago. We talked, yeah, about, we it talked last about it episode. last episode. So Robert Woods now, four years, $65 million, $68 million max, $32 million guaranteed. Yep. What do you think about that? Um, you know, that's a lot to pay for a second wide receiver. But um, at the end of the day, hey, y'all are playing really great. And Robert Woods contributed to that success. So um, I... I don't love the extension. I don't really like the extension, but it's an extension nonetheless. I think he deserves it relatively because I think he is one of the better number twos in the league. And um, now he's here to stay uh, for Jared Goff. That's about $16 million per year. And Robert Woods is one of the better number two receivers in the league. But the thing about him is he's a very gadget player. Um, he can be a regular receiver, of course, but... They use him a lot of the time with, like, quick screens. They do these quick drags and short routes to him. They love to get him on end of rounds and whatnot. They use him as sort of like a, like, just give him the ball and let him do something with it. Um, I believe last week he had, like, one catch, but he had a touchdown that was off of a rush. So, like, he – it feels like for a guy who – is the number two receiver that's a lot to pay but he has a very specific skill set that pertains to their offense so I feel like he's the type of guy that they need to have on that team so I think he's important for them to keep but they got to be careful with their money because that's what ruined them last year and if they start throwing around too many contracts again they might put themselves back into into cap hell you know yeah so let's go ahead and start talking about some week two games. We'll go through a quick week two recap, try and shoot at all the games real quick. And we will start off with the Thursday night football game, Bengals versus Browns. We watched this one together. What did you yeah. think of it? Um, I thought it was a very entertaining game. Um, you know, it was a lot closer than I know a lot of Browns fans really wanted it to be. But... Um, Hold on, my computer is glitching out, not allowing me to pull up these numbers here. But the Browns got the win, 35-30. Um, really hard fought. Uh, the Bengals put up 14 in the uh, fourth quarter trying to come back. But unfortunately for them, the Browns um, put up that last second touchdown, um, sealing the deal. Joe Mixon had a crazy, crazy amount of attempts. 61 attempts. for a- Joe Burrow. Who do I say? Joe Mixon. Joe Burrow had 61 attempts. Now, three touchdowns, zero interceptions, which is very, very impressive seeing how you throw 61 times in your second game. But, I mean, looking at these numbers, do you think the Bengals are expecting too much from Joe Burrow? 
Joe Burrow, he had 61 pass attempts and only 316 yards. That's not very much for the amount of times he threw the ball. I mean, it like, for example, obviously, you know, it's a dumb idea to compare Joe Burrow to Russell Wilson, of course. But Russell Wilson threw the ball 28 times and had 288 yards this week. Mm-hmm. Joe Burrow threw it 61 times and had 316 yards. Yeah. That's 30 more on, that's 30 more yards on what, like, uh, I'm doing some quick math, math, 23 more attempts. Mm-hmm. Uh, see, Joe Burrow, I, it's clear that he had those many passing attempts because they were down. It was game script. They couldn't catch up to the Browns because their run attack, their rush attack of Nick Chubb and uh, I'm blanking. Uh, Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt. Yeah, their, their rush attack of the two-headed monster that they got back there was tearing them apart. And... Honestly, I'm not even going to lie, Baker Mayfield looked pretty decent whenever yeah. he was rolling out of the pocket, hitting people on those right, uh, those right side bootlegs and yeah. stuff. They were, they were behind, and Joe Burrow did his job. He was efficient enough, but it feels like he still has ways to go as far as having, the, like, having that it factor. You yeah. know? He needs to make more stuff happen. Yeah, well, and that's what I love about Kevin Stefanski, the Browns hiring Kevin Stefanski as their uh, new head coach, is because when he was the offensive coordinator in Minnesota, the reason he really wanted out of Minnesota was because um, the head coach was not allowing them um, to work with Kirk Cousins about rolling out of the pocket and uh, making things happen out there. And uh, instead, they gave it to Dalvin Cook a lot. Now, it worked out with Dalvin Cook but what Kevin Stefanski came to the uh, Browns with the idea of using Baker Mayfield with the player he is built to be, the player he was in college, where he can roll out of the pocket and make things happen on these bootleg rights. You saw it on the first touchdown to Mr. Poopman himself, Odell Beckham Jr., um, with that huge, huge reception um, for the touchdown. Um, so that's why I absolutely love the Kevin Stefanski hiring um, for the Cleveland Browns. Um, purely on an offensive um, basis. So, quick overreactions. Bengals look like they're not going to be good this year. <laughs> Browns look like they might be decent. They, they looked really bad against the Ravens. They look decent today. I think they're in for a very average season. Very 8-8 eight and eight season. Mm-hmm. Now, the next game that went on was the New York Giants versus the Chicago Bears. Chicago Bears won the game 17-13. to Mitch Trubisky, though, uh, he... Looked pretty good in the last game. Didn't look very good in this game. No. The Bears are 2-0, though, but it looks sort of like a, they're 2-0 because of the competition, not 2-0 yeah. because they're good. They played against the Lions and the Giants in back-to-back games. Yeah. So the big storyline of this game, however, Saquon Barkley tore his ACL. Such- Saquon Barkley's out for the season, but... They did end up signing Devontae Freeman to a one-year deal. Yep. So he's slated to become their next running back. So go ahead and tell what you were saying. It's such a tragedy for the NFL. And, and you're going to see as we cover these games and we go all over all these injuries that the NFL we saw coming into week two is not going to be the same NFL um, in week three. There's so many injuries, and it, it goes back to the fact that I believe there was no preseason and, and no way for these these guys to get those hits in to prepare themselves for this NFL season because when you're in training camp you, you you don't hit and if you hit you don't hit hard you know um and and all of these guys are are getting hit hard especially Saquon Barkley 
um, who has absolutely no line to back him up. We saw against the Steelers uh, how how terrible um, that that's that uh, Giants running game was against the Steeler defense because there is no way of these linemen to block um, that rush defense. So. Saquon Barkley, unfortunately, out for the rest of the season. Terrible, terrible news for the NFL. Terrible, terrible news for fantasy uh, players. Um, but um, other than that, the New York Giants still made it close. Um, the Mitch Trubisky revenge tour, quote-unquote, doesn't really look like it's the same. Two picks um, off two touchdowns, 190 yards on 28 attempts, um, and zero points in the second half. They had 17 in the first half, zero points in the second half. Um, so they really, they really died it down um, from last week. I don't think the Bears are, are as good as everyone um, thought they were coming out of week one. Uh, yeah, quick opinion, Chicago Bears. Uh, they are 2-0 right now, but that 2-0 isn't reflective of how good their team is. I don't have a lot of hope for them for this season. New York Giants look like absolute poo-poo butt, <laughs> and uh, Daniel Jones is not good at quarterback. No. Well, maybe he will be. Maybe he will be. This is but only, he's not. It's only his second year, and this is his second year without a line, and now he's going to have no Saquon Barkley to rely on. Um, so, I mean, expect some pretty bad numbers. You know, it's going to be a tough year. It's, it's going to be a year that Daniel Jones will want to forget in the future, um, but it's a year where he has to develop. He has to develop or die. Um, and that's that's what um, I'm sure a bunch of Giants fans are hoping for. And that's who someone from me who doesn't mind Daniel Jones at all. In fact, I'm, I'm cheering for the guy, just just hope, hoping, hoping somehow to give Giants fans hope. Because this is an organization that is quickly, quickly dying, who, who once was so big just at, uh, earlier in this decade. Um, so, you know... Um, Pretty bad all-around game. Nothing really worth to watch here. Again, the score was 17-13 Bears. Honestly, if Daniel Jones doesn't show an increase in promise by the end of the season, he could be Mitch Trubisky. Yeah. Um, at the same talent level, I think Mitch Trubisky is still as big of a bust, though. But I also mean like they were both drafted over other quarterbacks. They... Both show a little bit of promise but aren't fulfilling them. They are not on great teams, but it doesn't really look like they're making their team any better. I'm afraid Daniel Jones could become a Mitch Trubisky. Yeah, but Daniel Jones was ahead of um, uh, Dwayne Haskins, you know, who, who, isn't, who isn't as great. And Kyler Murray was in front of Daniel Jones. We, we can't forget that. Um, Kyler Murray, who is looking absolutely stunning. We will get to that in the Arizona game. Um, but... I mean, I can see where he can be a draft bust, but I don't think he will be anywhere near as big of a bust as Mitch Trubisky. Let's move on to the next game where we have the Rams and Eagles. Jep, I'll let you kick off this one. As I mentioned, Rams look like an actual team this year. <laughs> Last year, they were disappointing. This year, they look like an actual threat because I thought that they just looked good and we looked bad, but they dominated the Eagles this week. Um, Jared Goff, three touchdowns for him. Um, they, it was, it was weird because last week they had a really good running game from Malcolm Brown and this game, it was Daryl Henderson. So they're really committing to this running back by committee and Cam Akers actually got hurt during the game too. So you're going to have to be looking out for Henderson and Brown some more from that team. But also the Eagles, 
they they're just not looking like the Eagles. No, they they are used not. to. And I saw this one thing that since their Super Bowl, they're at about five hundred. Mm-hmm. Ever since then, and Carson Wentz had I believe two interceptions and zero touchdowns in the game. Yeah, he it, throughout two games so far, two touchdowns, four interceptions. He's not looking like Carson Wentz right now. Mm-hmm. He just isn't. And I don't know what's going on with the Eagles right now, but they need to figure something out or they're in for a long season. Yeah. Um, going back to the Rams, uh, rushing by committee, you had uh, Brown, who had a great game last week, and Henderson, who had a great game this week, and also Robert Woods coming in clutch with one rushing touchdown um, on, a, on a jet sweep. Um, he had three carries for 19 yards, so he came in clutch there. So they are going for a running by community. That seems like the, the direction all these NFL teams are going for now instead of having one just really, really good running back. Unless you do have that really good running Unless back. Unless you do have that great running back like Christian McCaffrey, um, like Derrick Henry. Saquon Barkley, Saquon Zeke Elliott. Barkley, who is injured, Zeke Elliott. Um, but... Um, what I, who I also really want to talk about is Tyler Higby, who came up with three uh, receiving touchdowns this week, um, five receptions, 54 yards, three of those receptions were for a touchdown, averaging 10.8 points. He was also on my bench in fantasy, yep. and I lost that game, so that was tough. It's, it's tough. Yep. Now, as for the next game, the Falcons versus Cowboys, one of the best Cowboys games I've ever seen as far as the viewer's perspective, like the story of it, I mean. Yep. I'm not saying it was one of the best performances from the Cowboys, but as far as story goes, insane. They were down 20-0 to at the start of the first quarter. and uh, Fumble, 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 fumble. We fumbled the ball five times, lost three of them. It was tough. The Atlanta Falcons didn't turn the ball over once the entire game. Calvin Ridley popped off throughout the game. Matt Ryan did amazing. Matt Ryan is, I don't think people are giving him enough credit for what he's been doing so far this season, too. He's honestly looking like Matt Ryan of old. Falcons passing defense, though, awful. Yeah, It's awful. And that's going to be the biggest issue for the Falcons throughout the season is that they are not able to defend very well. Zeke Elliott had a good game as well. Amari Cooper had 100-something yards. The big story, though, was Dak Prescott. He had only one passing touchdown, but that's because he had three rushing touchdowns when they got into the red zone. He was calling his own number throughout the game, and he was delivering, so you can't get mad at that. Mm-hmm. And it was an absolutely outstanding performance from Dak Prescott, who I was almost inclined to give the second down player of the week to. Yep. Also, on account of the comeback being down 20 points in the first quarter, but it was a it was an outstanding game just to watch in general, and it 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 was a good time. It was a good time, and I'm happy for the Cowboys. I think that might be, I think this might be a game that clicks something in the team and says, "Hey, we got to do better." Yeah, and it sparks something. Well, it's it goes down to the fact that the Falcons like. Four of their first five possessions started in Falcon territory, and um, I know they they got twenty points in the first quarter. But if you're if you're starting four drives in your own territory, you got to come out with uh, with at least three touchdowns. Um, and um, it, it it seemed like the Falcons' um, red zone is is where they struggled a lot uh, the week before this, and now they're struggling again. 
um, in the red zone this week. And it's, it's the failure of the defense to um, maintain this lead and, and give it up to the Dallas Cowboys. So I honestly just think the biggest problem the Atlanta Falcons have is Dan Quinn. I've never really been a big Dan Quinn uh, guy, and this is his second major, major blown lead that the Atlanta Falcons should have won. Um, and one of the, the other blown lead was against the Patriots in the Super Bowl. So um, I'm not the biggest fan of Dan Quinn, and if he does not turn this team around, uh, even with Matt Ryan and everyone producing, he will be fired um, at the end of the season. Now, I also want to say that despite the comeback, Mike McCarthy was still questionable in terms of his coaching throughout the game, but obviously he did something during the other three quarters that helped us out. So I think that he's improving, but Mike McCarthy still looks like he's struggling as a head coach early, but I think he's still getting used to the team, and I think the team's still getting used to him. So I think there's a process there, but I think the future's bright. But with how we've performed in the first two games, I'm not as confident as I was at the beginning, but I still think we're a playoff team. At minimum, because well, the rest of our conference yeah. is terrible. Well, whenever you have the uh, Eagles who look absolutely terrible, you have the Washington football team who don't look great. They don't have a lot of talent. And then you have the New York Giants without Saquon Barkley. You could win six games and you could still take this division. I kid you not. I literally do not see the Eagles, the Redskins, nor the Giants winning more than six games. Yeah. This might be the first time in history where we have a six-win team I don't know if this is true or not. Cowboys are winning more than six games, though. Yeah, I, I know. Uh, well, maybe. No, we're winning more than six games. But the, the, the fact that you could have a six-win team in the playoffs, because this is by far the worst division I have ever seen, and they were bad last year. Now, next game, Panthers versus Buccaneers. Buccaneers are now up. Uh, sorry, Buccaneers won the game 31-17. to Christian McCaffrey, though, for the Carolina Panthers, I believe he had two rushing touchdowns but went down with an ankle injury, got sent to IR, will be out for about three weeks. Big, tough break for the Carolina Panthers. Buccaneers looked good, though. Mike Evans finally decided to connect with uh, Tom Brady, and if they can get things going together, they are going to be dangerous. Mike Evans was not good against the Saints, but Mike Evans is traditionally very bad against the Saints. He hardly ever performs well against them. I don't know. I guess they just got his number or something. It's 13. But um, if this connection can get going for the Buccaneers, that's everything. And Leonard Fournette had his homecoming party. Exactly. He finally decided to, you know, Well, they perform. finally gave him reps. That's mm-hmm. the thing. And he, he had 12 carries. Well, he, yeah, he had a couple carries last game, but he didn't look good when he did have them. But this game... As Ethan pulled up, 12 carries, 103 yards, two touchdowns. Very good game from the Buccaneers as a whole. And I think they're starting to show the promise, especially considering that Chris Godwin wasn't playing. He had a concussion, I believe. Yep. So there's a lot of promise for the Buccaneers after a poor game against the Saints in Week 1. Well, poor game, but against the Saints nonetheless, um, that Saints defense is pretty tough. Uh, I like the way that Tom Brady uh, played. Um he had 23 completions for 217 yards and a touchdown. Did have another interception. This man is not used to throwing an interception. He's already thrown three interceptions in two games. Um, but going back to the Panthers, Teddy Bridgewater looks cold. 
two interceptions, zero touchdowns, 367 yards off of 33 completions, which is not bad. Um, but those two picks definitely set him back um, alongside with Christian McCaffrey going down. Um, DJ Moore had a great game, eight receptions, 120 yards. Um, absolutely stellar from him. Robbie Anderson continues uh, a grind, one of the most underrated wide receivers in my opinion. Um, he, he, had a, he had a great game, nine receptions, 109 yards. Uh, Mike Davis, eight receptions, 74 yards. Uh, but of course, there were zero receiving touchdowns um, from the Panthers. So uh, this Panthers team is, is 0-2 already. It looks like they're not going to win more than five games um, in Matt Rule's first um, year as head coach there. Um, but with that being said, let's move on to the 49ers and Jets. Ladies and gentlemen, th this game was, of course, uh, a blowout, 31-13 um, uh, by the 49ers. But the biggest story from this game was the amount of injuries. Jordan, why don't you take us over those injuries? Yeah, so the Jets had a couple people not play because of injury, like Denzel Mims. They had Rashad Perriman not play. Um, Le'Veon Bell got sent to IR after week one. But the 49ers also had some issues. Raheem Mostert went down. He's doubtful for next week. Um, Jimmy Garoppolo, the quarterback, went down too, and he's questionable for next week. Um, but they're really th – this game wasn't even close. It was the 49ers versus the Jets. It was – just a, it, it wasn't even a fun game to watch. Like I turned it on and I'm like, I don't really care. But um, it 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 was, I mean, I don't know. It was it was 49ers versus Jets. That's about it. And, but the biggest injury, of course, being Nick Bosa, who tore his ACL and will not be a part of this 49ers team for the rest of the season. That is a very 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 tough loss for the 49ers. Um, Nick Bosa was on an absolute tear last year. He was a big contribution to their Super Bowl run. Um, and without him on this uh, defense, it, it's, it's going to lack a big presence. There's going to be a big hole where Nick Bosa used to be. Um, and I'm sure 49ers fans are just praying that, that someone can step up in his role. Yeah, they're going to be missing the last season's defensive rookie of the year, 49ers. I think that uh, as long as they're, they're, they're getting hit hard with the injury bug, but if they can manage to stay healthy, I think they're still dangerous this year. Jets, still poo-poo. Yep. And I'm sticking by what I said, that Sam Darnold may be on the hot seat after this year. Now, Broncos-Steelers. This one wasn't a game, and then it kind of became a game late. But uh, unfortunately, the Broncos did lose Drew Locke to an injury again. Recurring theme. Whoa, someone got injured. Yeah, that's what happened all, all, all games this week. Drew Locke went down. Jeff Driscoll had to come in, uh, and he led a late-game comeback. But the Steelers were just a better team. Um, despite being injured last week, James Conner came in and had two touchdowns for the Steelers. And Ben Roethlisberger continues to look like a potential comeback player of the year, although we'll talk about the Patriots game and his opponent for that award. But the Broncos, I mean... It's looking like it's going to be a tough season for them because without Drew Locke, it's going to be really, really hard. And yeah. I bet they're regretting not signing Cam Newton at this point. <laughs> and yeah. the Steelers, I still think they're going to be a really good team this year. I think they have a lot of promise. Yeah. Um, well, uh, just, a, just a mediocre game from Melvin Gordon um, and uh, all the uh, re receivers from 
uh, the Broncos. Jerry Judy had 62 yards off four receptions, averaging 15 per, which was really nice. Noah Fant had the only uh, touchdown reception. Uh, touchdown reception. Um, actually, sorry, there were two touchdown receptions, one from Melvin Gordon, one from Noah Fant. Um, but very, very mediocre game um, from the Broncos, even with J- uh, Drew Locke going down. And still somehow close with your starter going down. So ups to the Broncos, but... Um, in their division, it doesn't look like they will be going far. Now let's head over to the Jaguars and Titans. Ladies and gentlemen, the mustache maniac, Gardner Minshew. Three touchdowns, two uh, interceptions this week, but three touchdowns, 339 yards off of 30 completions. Ladies and gentlemen, we did not expect this from Gardner Minshew. We, we did not expect this much show from Gardner Minshew. And I'm telling you what, ladies and gentlemen, I have him on my bench right now. He is going to be replacing Carson Wentz as my quarterback because Carson Wentz is an absolute failure of a quarterback this year. I cannot stand him. He has lost me this game last week, and Gardner Minshew will be starting for me. Um, overall, a really, really, really close game. I know at the beginning of the season, whenever we were me and Jordan Epp were making our predictions, we did not think this Jacksonville Jaguars would win over two games. However, they almost got their second win. I think I had them more than two games, but, you know, not much more. Yeah, well... Like um, three, but... We did, not, we did not think they would be this successful. Let's just leave it at that. We did not think they would be this successful. They got the loss, 33-30, but very, very promising from the Jacksonville Jaguars uh, comp- uh, competing against this uh, AFC championship team. Tennessee Titans. Now, let's not get too ahead of ourselves. The Jaguars are still going to be bad this year. They're just better than we expected. Yeah. And what I'm seeing is that Garner Minshew looks like he might pull a Ryan Fitzpatrick from 2019 and end up messing uh, <clears throat> end up messing up the tank by being too good at quarterback. Yeah. Like, not saying Ryan Fitzpatrick is amazing at quarterback. He was too good for them to tank. Garner Minshew looks like he's doing that, too. And they had, a, they had a showing out party for their running back, James Robinson. He had 100-plus yards in that game. And the Jaguars looked like they might not be a pushover this year, which is what I think everybody was expecting. Titans, they're still looking all right. Uh, I think that they are not going to be as good as maybe some people expected, but yeah. that's because I think people forgot that they were only nine and seven last year. Exactly. Well, they're they're two and zero. Great starts to the season, and Ryan Tannehill with four touchdowns uh, the other day. Let's not forget about that. He did show up, but um, they barely beat that Bronco team with a health healthy Drew Locke. I get it, but then they barely beat this Jaguar team, two and zero, but very two very very tough wins. Um, so with that being said, let's move on to our next game, which is the Packers and Lions. And for this game, we are going to be calling in our head Wisconsin analyst, Charles Schultze. Hey, Charles, come on in here. Oh, what's up there, guys? Oh, yadder, hey. Okay, so let's break down the Packers-Lions game. Ladies and gentlemen, we got off to a tough, tough break at the beginning of the game, but... No one need to fear. Relax. Aaron Rodgers came up big. And when I say big, he came up big with 240 yards and two touchdowns. Uh, Aaron Jones, ladies and gentlemen, hello. He didn't go nowhere. He didn't go nowhere. Y'all were doubting him. You guys were doubting him. But he came and he showed up and he had a big time rush to the end zone. Aaron Jones for the win. 
42-21 Packers. Big game next week against the Saints. I will see y'all then. Okay, thank you, Charles. No prop. All right, so yeah, the Lions, um, they're not looking as good as people probably expected, but they have been missing their wide receiver, Kenny Galladay, who will hopefully be coming back this week. Maybe can spark some life in that offense. The running game has not been what they were hoping it would be either. Um, Packers are looking really good under Matt LaFleur in their second season. Aaron Rodgers is having a resurgent year currently. Aaron Jones, uh, he split a lot of carries last week, but he had his game this week. But, I mean, let's be honest. That's kind of what Aaron Jones does. Aaron Jones has three games a year where he's an absolute god. And then the other games, he's good. Yep. But he has three godly games a year. Yep. As far as last year and this year, it's looking like it will be. And another, talking about breakout performances, though, TJ Hawkinson, 62 yards off four receptions. Um, I really, really like this kid out of Iowa. Iowa produces great tight ends. Um, and I think that this is going to be a connection throughout the year between him and Matt Stafford um, that uh, will give Lions fans hope for the future. Not a lot of hope this year, but hope for the future that TJ Hawkinson will soon be one of the better tight ends in the league if he develops. Okay, and then we have Bills versus Dolphins. Bills win 31-28. Bills continue to look good, but I want to say the Dolphins look like one of the better 0-2 teams in the league right now. Yeah, It's surprising, but they do. Um, the they, they played the Patriots in week one, and I thought that maybe the Patriots were just not going to be too great, and that's why they didn't, you know, blow out the Dolphins. That's why it was a tight, contested game. And I was like, oh, the Bills are going to do amazing against the Dolphins because I think the Bills are better than the Patriots, and I think the Dolphins aren't that good. So I thought the Bills would blow out the Dolphins. 31-28. It was a three-point game. Uh, the Dolphins are playing up to their competition, and also we learned this week that the Patriots are good. And if we know the Patriots are good and we know the Bills are good, and the Dolphins made a game with both of them, Dolphins might not be that bad, no. even if they're 0-2. So I think they might be able to make – I'm not saying that they're going to be amazing or they're going to be in contention for anything, but they won't be a pushover, sort of like the Jaguars. I think they'll be a decent team, and they might make some tough games for some teams and maybe even catch an upset at some point in the season. Yep. Josh Allen is continuing to absolutely dominate those so far this year. And, I mean, I've been – you know, sort of critical of Josh Allen, but only when he deserves it. And since I've been critical of him, I'm gonna I'm gonna shout him out real quick. Yes, he's been good. Yeah, 400 passing yards, four touchdowns. He's running the ball hard. He had that one stupid play on a third down where he decided to try and truck three guys in a row. But you know, he's he's playing hard for his team, and that's all you can ask for from the Buffalo Bills. And I think that if Josh Allen can continue this reign of terror that he's on right now he might be able to be exactly what the Bills are hoping he will become. Yep. Great, great promise coming out of him. Definitely, definitely popping it off, especially with a great talent like Stephon Diggs to uh, throw to. He hasn't really had that talent in the past. He now has it. Bills look great. Um, I, the Bills and the Patriots are, of course, going to give a run for each other for the division, both 2-0, and both looking great. Um, but I think the Bills are just edging them out right now. Um, I love the way Josh Allen is playing. Um, so with that being said, let's move on to the next game, which was the Colts versus the Vikings. Ladies and gentlemen, Kirk Cousins. Absolutely terrible game. Terrible game. I don't think I've seen a game like this, even out of Mitch Trubisky. 
11 completions, 26 attempts, 113 yards, zero touchdowns, three interceptions. This was a bad game. This is a game that Vikings fans have to forget because the Indianapolis Colts, out of all people, exposed the Vikings, absolutely exposed them and shut them down. Absolutely embarrassing performance for the Minnesota Vikings and a great win for the Indianapolis Colts. I know Phillip Rivers had a tough start to the season last week. He came up big this week, got 214 yards off of 19 completions, one touchdown, one interception. Jonathan Taylor had his breakout game, um, 26 carries for 101 yards, one touchdown. This is my favorite running back going into last year's draft because on Wisconsin, ladies and gentlemen. Um, but great, great overall game from him. He's looking like he will be a star in the future. Yeah, the Colts, they lost to the Jaguars last week, and we thought the Jaguars are bad, so the Colts are even worse. Jaguars are showing that they're all right, and the Colts look like they just lost a game, and they came out against the Vikings, and they put up a W against them. And the Vikings, they looked good last week against the Packers. Uh, Kirk Cousins had a good game. He was slinging the ball to Adam Thielen the whole time, but uh, he just didn't look good, and the issue was that they were down. So game script said, hey, we got to keep passing it. So they edged Dalvin Cook out of the, you know, out of the playbook, and they forced the guy who was the person shooting themselves in the foot to become the guy who also had to become the savior. And it was a recipe for disaster, essentially. So the Vikings, I still think that they have promised to be good, but their defense just doesn't look the same. Yep. It's not the same defense it has been. But um, I think the Vikings can still turn it around at some point. I think they're still a very good team. The Colts look like they'll be meh. And the next teams that we're going to talk about is the Cardinals beating the Washington football team 30-15. to 15. And DeAndre Hopkins put out a tweet. He said, I'm going to start this submission for Kyler Murray for MVP. It was in response to DK Metcalf saying the same thing about Russell Wilson. Yep. But Kyler Murray has been insane. Absolutely. And honestly, it's, like, I, I don't know the stat off the top of my head, but I think he might be their leading rusher at this point in, in the season. And that's not because uh, Kenyon Drake's been bad, but that's because Kyler Murray's been electric. And I, I remember I was talking to our friend Kate before the season. I said, if Cliff Kingsbury would just decide to run this uh, RPO yep. with Kyler Murray and Kenyon Drake, they'll be dangerous. And it looks like they're doing that. I mean, Kyler Murray's been getting a lot of rushing attempts throughout the past couple of games and he's putting it like he's putting in work when he gets those attempts he's also throwing absolute dimes down the field he's looking good all around and he's becoming a dangerous player in this league now Washington football team uh they beat the Eagles last week but the Cardinals are just a better team and I think they put up a good fight but they're just not good enough yeah but I mean they, they won't be that good but the Cardinals will be good but that's, yeah, what I'm, that's what I'm taking away from this game. I am really looking forward to this NFC West. Cardinals, Niners, Seahawks, and Rams, all four look absolutely amazing. I cannot wait to see how this um, NFC West turns out because um, every single one of these teams look like a competitor. They, all of them look like a competitor, and the Arizona Cardinals were the breakout team um, the surprise um, that I picked at the beginning of the season, and it looks from all indications that I was correct. This team looks dangerous. 
we're going to speed run through these next two games and then go more in depth in the next two games because I know Jordan has his class here in just about 25 minutes. So uh, our next game is going to be the Ravens versus the Texans. You can take uh, this one if you'd like. Yeah, Ravens continue to look good. Texans continue to look mediocre. Um, although the Texans are 0-2. Once again, they're one of the better 0-2 teams as they yeah. had to play the Chiefs and the Ravens in back-to-back weeks. Now the Chiefs and Ravens are going to play each other next week, and that's going to be an absolute amazing game. Can't wait. And if you're going to watch any game this upcoming week, watch that game. That will be an amazing game consisting of the last two MVP winners in the league. Now, as for Deshaun Watson, once again, he's still missing DeAndre Hopkins. He he need he needs more to happen. Like, yeah, his team just isn't his team isn't there. David Johnson didn't have the game he had week one. Uh, Brandon Cooks, uh, though, I I said last week that they were going to establish a connection eventually, and they did this game. Yeah, and I think that's something that's going to continue throughout the season. Brandon Cooks is, in my opinion, one of the most underrated receivers in the league, and I think he's going to be able to do something for this Texans team. They just need to figure something out. Yep. But once they stop playing the best teams in the league, I think they're going to be able to start getting some wins. Ravens, though, they're still on their way to – I predicted them to get the best record in the NFL. I still think they're on pace to do that. Like, they're yeah. they're going to have an amazing year this year. And picked up right to say. Picked up right where they left off in Week 17. Um, and – um, overall, just just really tough game for Deshaun Watson. He's looking like he needs that number two, and he didn't even have uh, Will Fuller um, this week, and so he had to pass to people like Brandon Cooks and Randall Cobb, who they also picked up over the off season. And so, pretty pretty tough, um, pretty tough game for them. But have you ever heard of a of a harder start to a season than facing the Chiefs? and the Ravens week one and week two. No. Like, that's just got to be tough for a locker room, knowing that um, you have to go against two of the best teams this decade um, in back-to-back weeks. It, it, it must have been tough for that locker room and everything. So look for the Texans to get better, but don't look for them to be as much of a competitor as they were last year. Going to the next game, the Chiefs versus the Chargers, this was not supposed to be a game. This was supposed to be a game where the Chiefs just walked in and walked out super easy, uh, no worries. This was not. 23-20 Chiefs. Chiefs barely got in uh, overtime after a great kick by Butker, um, like 45 yards, I think. He had, no, uh, he had a 58-yard field goal to win the game. Oh, 58 yards, I'm sorry. He had two 58-yard field goals that game, and they were both tied for the record of the Chiefs' longest field goal in history. Absolutely insane. Justin Herbert looked impressive in his rookie debut. Um, thing is, Justin Herbert came in, and I believe they announced that right before the game. So I'm yep. pretty sure the Chiefs were game planning for Tyrod Taylor. Yep. So I think that was a large part of what happened. They weren't expecting a Justin Herbert game. Well, and so he was able to take advantage of that. I think that's what the main issue was. But Justin Herbert, thing is, he's one of those players who – needs a lot of refinement he looked good in his first game but uh getting some experience which he'll now get because Tyrod Taylor looks like he's going to be out for a while uh Justin Herbert if he gets this experience he might be able to refine his skills a little bit enough to be able to be serious as a good rookie this year and the reason that Justin Herbert had to come in last second was because the Chargers team doctor accidentally punctured his own quarterback Tyrod Taylor's lung 
just before Sunday's kickoff uh, doing a pain injection for his, the quarterback's cracked ribs. He accidentally punctured his lung. Can you believe that? As a team doctor, I'm sure he is on the hot seat right now. It was before game one, too. He played game one with that injury. Yeah, it was. It, that is just tough. And that is, of course, according to Adam Schefter, um, NFL insider for ESPN. So really a good game. Not, wasn't supposed to be a game at all. Um, there was really no reason why this um, uh, Chiefs offense didn't show up. Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, who had a great week one, was very, very quiet. Ten carries for 38 yards. Patrick Mahomes actually had the most rushing yards, which is very unlike him. Um, but uh, overall, Chiefs got that win, so good for them. Game script went against uh, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire again. They were having to go into a shootout to keep up, and so Clyde Edwards-Hilaire only got ten carries in the game. Now let's move on to the Patriots-Seahawks game, which was a great, great game. Cam Newton showed up. 30 completions for 397 yards. Absolutely amazing. He also had 47 rushing yards and two touchdowns out that. So three total touchdowns, one interception. Um, Sony Michelle was quiet, of course, but when you have someone like Cam Newton up back there um, and it was a shootout to the end, you really don't expect much. Julian Edelman had 179 yards with zero touchdowns. Um, you know, Tough that he didn't have any touchdowns, but 179 yards is nothing to scoff at. He Career had high. a great, great game. Um, moving on to the Seahawks, of course, our player of the week, Russell Wilson, 288 yards, five touchdowns, one interception. Chris Carson did not have a rushing touchdown, but he did have a receiving touchdown uh, that we were wondering that about that earlier. Chris Carson did have a receiving touchdown. Um, so for him, it looked like 100 total yards with one touchdown. And uh, DK Metcalf had a great game, four receptions, 92 yards, one touchdown. Um, overall, amazing game by the Seahawks. They looked really, really good against one of the best defenses in the league and one of the most underrated offenses in the league. And the Patriots had a great game. Overall, great game. Loved it. Any thoughts, Jeff? Uh, I remember talking about Cam Newton going to the Patriots, and I had seen an interview where Bill Belichick said that he always wanted to run the wishbone in the NFL at some point, try and bring it back. I said maybe with Cam Newton he might be able to pull it off. He hasn't been doing that, but he has been running this interesting offense where he goes uh, seven offensive linemen, two tight ends, one running back in the backfield, and Cam Newton. Yep. And you know it's a run, but you're not stopping it. Yep. And it's been exciting to watch him just experiment with Cam Newton and see what he can do. And if you give you know, talent like that to Bill Belichick, he's going to make something happen. And the Patriots look like they're going to be in contention this year. And the Seahawks look like they're dominant this year. Yep. Now, another team that I thought was going to be dominant this year was the Saints. And I still think that they can go really far, but they had a rough Monday night game against the Oakland Raiders. They lost 34-24 to in the Las Vegas game opener. Uh, it was the first ever game in the Las Vegas stadium. Absolutely incredible stadium. Vegas looked really good. Amazing. I don't. I don't think it was even like one particular thing about the team. They just looked good as a whole. Yeah. There wasn't any like standout player among them. Of course, Josh Jacobs is probably their best player on the team. Darren Waller obviously had a good game too because he's probably their second best player on the team. But it's not like any player dominated the whole game. It was just a good game all around for the team. Yep. And the Saints just looked like they were struggling a little bit. Drew Brees isn't quite doing what Drew Brees does right now. Alan Kamara, unfortunately, did really, really good. I say unfortunately because he was going against me in fantasy, and that's the reason I lost this week. <laughs> but, you know, great game. 
great, uh, great Monday night game, and I'm excited for week three. I'm excited for that week three matchup with the Packers, of course, because the Packers being my team, that's going to be a great, uh, uh, a great game. But l- looking at all the week three games, um, do you see any um, that you are in- completely excited to watch? I know you were excited for the ravens Chief game on Monday night, but any others that you cannot wait to watch? Uh, I'm excited for Raiders, Patriots, Rams, Bills, Texans, Steelers, uh, Cowboys, Seahawks, um, and that Packers Saints game too, and Chiefs Ravens. Those it's, are probably the games I'm most excited for. It's going to be a great week. A lot of great matchups. Um, uh, I, I'm really looking forward to, of course, the Packers Saints, of course, the Chiefs Rams, but I'm also really looking forward to seeing the outcome of the Rams Bills because these are two really hot teams, and it's going to be, I believe, a shootout to the end. So. Um, uh, yeah. Other than that, do you have anything to add? Not really. I just want to say mm, make sure that you follow us on Twitter or Instagram. If you're listening this far, you probably enjoy what's going on. So check us out at Second Down Pod, 2ND Down Pod. Or if you're listening to us at this point, once again, like I said, you probably enjoyed it. So if you're listening on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, whatever you are listening on, make sure you give us a follow, subscription, whatever it's called. Make sure you rate us five stars, leave a review, whatever. And it just helps us know that people are listening. It helps us know that people enjoy what they're listening to. And it lets us know who is listening as well. So just thank you for all the support. And, I mean, just stay happy, stay safe, uh, have a good day, afternoon, morning, whatever you're doing. And really quick, SEC football starts Saturday. We cannot wait. We will be going to the AM Vandy game, uh, and we will be watching the rest of the game. So we cannot wait. Look forward to a very NFL Um, college football and NBA heavy podcast next week. It's going to be a great one. Do not miss it. Anything other than that? Nope. Nope. Stay safe, ladies and gentlemen. Make sure you like.